Folks, it's 120, and this is the first edition of the 120 podcast, a Chicago Cubs broadcast brought to you by Mikey Fernelli and Ben Hootie. Ben, I said it's 120, but it's really not. It's Monday afternoon by now, by the time people are listening. But we're going to aim for 120, usually on Mondays, right? Oh, no. Yeah, for sure. Um, just had a couple of technical difficulties, yeah. but Mondays at 120 every day. I think we're thinking Tuesday at 120 for the opener. Yep. We, uh, we are, yeah, true. But we are coming at you with our Zoom call and gaming headsets. So who knows? Maybe if we get this thing off the ground, we can we can upgrade the equipment. But another thing we need to get this thing really off the ground is uh, intro. So we're not just always doing a cold open. I think we need some kind of intro song or something. What do you think? I'm, I'm thinking that too. I've been trying to th- come up with ideas in my head. And obviously, like, obviously copyright and stuff like that. So right. like, Go Cubs Go would be nice, but... It's also yeah. very common. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I feel like it's too cliche at that point. Or even just like, I was thinking maybe some kind of like organ sounds or something. Cause you know, it's Wrigley Field. It's 120. But I, even then, I don't know. So I was we're going to have like, to wait and see. We have to have like a sound effect of like a crack in the bat somewhere in there something, too. Right. Or, a, or like a pitch or something or a strike yeah. or something, something good. Uh, but, you know, on this first edition, we kind of wanted it to be pretty informal and chill. We're going to bring you a lot of interviews, a lot of Cubs talk going forward. But today we just kind of want to do a little bit of a shorter episode, introduce ourselves. I think I'm going to start with my co-host, Ben Hootie. Ben, we met because we both work for the Illinois State Radio Station. So we're down almost in Cardinals country, but we both have the W flags behind us in our in our rooms right now because we are tried and true Cubs fans. So when did your Cubs fandom start, Ben? Um, it's kind of funny because I grew up with a uh, family of White Sox fans. Um, I'm from the South Side of Chicago, born and raised. Um, I've been around White Sox fans my entire life. And my mom always loves to tell the story of when I was like four years old. Um, we uh, She got me an Alfonso Soriano shirt because I wanted to be a Cubs fan. I told her I wanted to be a Cubs fan because being a White Sox fan was boring. It, it was crammed down my throat my entire life um, from my uncle, who's a huge White Sox fan, my cousins, yeah. my grandpa, all huge uh-huh. White Sox fans. So then my mom got me an Alfonso Soriano shirt. And the first time I wore it around my uncle, he was like, what What did you buy him? What are you doing? <laughs> so from Especially there on, Alfonso Soriano. Yeah, it was awesome. So from there on out, it just kind of stuck. Um, I got more into baseball later in life. Um, obviously, I, I've been a Chicago fan my whole life, but um, I would say right around the end of the rebuild was when I really got into baseball, like like super passionate about it and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, I've been a baseball ever since then. Um, I love the Cubs. I love going to Cubs games. Um, I'm super excited for this season. It's been too many miserable seasons in a row. So yeah, I, for better I think, or worse, I think the vibes are high right now with this team and I'm super excited for it. So, yeah, it's funny how individual players like that are the ones you remember is when you first start being a Cubs fan. Cause for me, that was Ryan Terrio okay. uh, when I was around that same era. And I remember being a kid watching them with my dad. I remember watching Kerry Woods final game. I remember watching the Cubs lose the Dodgers in either 07 or 08. I was too young to know what what the year was, but I wasn't really caring that much. And then kind of like you said, right around the time I was in late middle school, I really started to enjoy watching the Cubs. And I should say for, you know, those of us who are listening who don't know Ben and I, 
I'm 21, Ben. You're what, 19, 20? 20. Just so 20. We, are, we are both, yeah, we are both younger Cubs fans. When they won the World Series, we were in late middle school, early high school, yeah. for, respectively. So, yeah, my Cubs fan started, fandom started because of my parents. My dad was a, or is a huge Cubs fan. His dad was a huge Cubs fan and his mom. And that's where I got that from. So I grew up around the Cubs fans. That was crammed down my throat, but it didn't turn me away from it. Like, like the White Sox fan stuff you talked about. Like I said, I was a big Ryan Terrio guy, big Giovanni Soto guy. That's someone we've talked about maybe having on. Yeah. Uh, we, we've planned, we've been planning that out. Um, but yeah, that's basically my whole thing with the Cubs. And like you said, Ben, it's been a tough couple of years because yeah, last year was the first year with a new identity, but even the last couple of years of that dynasty per se, even though it really wasn't, there was no identity. I feel like with no. the last couple of years of, of Riz and, and KB in them, I mean, the stat that they throw around every single day is that they ever since what, ever since 2016 combined him and, and Baez and KB were like, batting like 200 in the playoffs or something it was ridiculous it was it was brutal say the least and it wasn't very many chances either it was like three or four different games aside from 2017 it, you know you have the abysmal two days in a row in 2018 and then you have 2019 we don't make it despite i think you and i have talked about this despite the 2019 roster being arguably the best non-world series roster of those years do you want to get into that because that's what we talked about I think we we probably have to do a whole episode on that team because yeah. that year was so frustrating yet so much fun because that roster was probably the best roster that any any Cubs team has ever been built on. Yeah, so, well, especially last month. Yeah, I mean, it Castellanos, Murphy, uh, Cole Hamels, all those guys to add to that twenty sixteen World Series team. It was. It was a it was a crazy team, and I cannot believe that's the one team out of all those years that did not make the playoffs. Exactly, because I think there was a, and we never got to see what twenty twenty would have truly been like with a real season. But I think there was a aura about the the clubhouse that, that like this is kind of like this you know contracts are going to start getting in the way the next years. Like this is like, okay, we've messed around for two more years since winning the world series. We're all still pretty solid. Let's go win again. And unfortunately they just couldn't string it together. And then at the end of the year, bringing in Daniel Murphy and uh, Cole Hamels and Nick Castellanos and all them, it just was too little too late. It seemed like. No. Yeah, for sure. And I, you brought up a good point with the extensions that that's what really broke up this entire core. Yeah, And it's scary because we're kind of already seeing like similarities to it, even though we have a much better uh, uh, foundational base with the prospects, you know, they, they said that they wanted to get a Nico Horner, Ian Happ extension done before the uh, spring training. And now here mm-hmm. we are a couple games into spring training and we haven't heard anything about it. I love the era of Cubs players that you just mentioned, Nico Horner and, and Ian Happ notably. And I'd even throw David Bodie in there because he's still somehow hanging around on that roster of players that came in. They were drafted pre-World Series, then didn't debut until after. So they were debuts during the Madden era, but don't have a ring, but somehow survived past into the Ross era. So like you said, that's Hap, Horner, uh, and Bodie, and then a, ca- a couple of occasional others, but really just those first two. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know be- how David Bodie is still on a, on I a Cubs team. I can't believe he's still around. I think Me neither. he got cut this offseason, right? And 
it ended up he did I or maybe he did he passed through waivers and no team picked him up. And then he Something, just like, yeah. he's he's back on the Cubs. So I don't know. He he did well the first two spring training games for whatever that's worth. I mean, maybe he's just boosting his trade stock, right? Or if they do, if he does get cut, hopefully he can get picked up somewhere. Because I wish the best. <laughs> he did a classic one of his big hits again. He either strikes out or hits a bomb. But David Bodie is just one of those guys that I didn't think we'd be talking about in our first episode of 120. But here Neither we are. I. But hey, you know what? A lot. Of, What's a your lot favorite of Cubs moment on... over? You're talking about. What's the home your run? favorite Cubs moment? No, no, I'm saying, like, if you had to pick one Cubs moment, I was thinking about the David Bodie Grand Slam, but, like, aside from that, like, in recent years, aside from, obviously, the World Series, what do you go back to as, like, one of your favorites? Sorry to put you on the spot. Um, I love... All right, I'll take mine, because it give you go some ahead. time to Yeah, think. yeah, go ahead. All right, I may have to go with, it was late 21... We had just traded away the team like a week before, and it was Cubs and Sox at Wrigley, and it went to extras in which Frank Schwindel, who no one had really heard of at the time, took one deep against Kimbrell. And I was there, and the stadium lost their mind and waved Kimbrell off the field. And that might have been the first time in a week that any Cubs fans got actually excited for no reason. And that was one of my favorite moments being there in person. And there's so many more sentimental moments. There's so many fun, you know, 2016-type moments. But for some reason, that one still makes me smile. That's hilarious because I think – What do you think? What's yours? Earlier that week, I was also at the Cubs-Sox game, and it was – Austin yeah. Romine hit a game tying home run off of Craig Kimbrell. Um, in like the seventh inning or something like that's that. That's a good one. So that's something that I was actually there for. But that was such a that, great series for Craig Kimbrell. Yeah. <laughs> besides that, I would say maybe um Alec Mills's no hitter was awesome. There was no fans and it was in wasn't it in Milwaukee? Yes, it was in Milwaukee. Yeah. Which that's a you know that's a favorite Cubs spot for for pitchers to throw a no hitter, but that's like no fans were there and no one had really heard of Alec Mills and no one's really talked about him since then. That was such a random one. That's a good one. I was gonna ask if you were there for that, but that was during the COVID year. No one was there oh, for yeah. that one. COVID year. It that was... must have been so weird to throw a no hitter, no hitter in front of no fans. I I think that was the last of like the good Crazy. vibes from that core that that Alec yeah Mills, no hitter because i mean there were occasional moments during that year there were occasional moments where they had okay vibes they're like get on the w bus or whatever david ross's whole thing was but altogether there wasn't that many great moments in that year and i think that's something that they obviously uh obviously was the beginning of the end and it honestly surprised me they went so long into 21 with that team i honestly thought they'd figure something out before the deadline but nope it was all one day yeah Craziest day of my life. Seriously, where were you, where were you when all those people when all those trades started happening? I was in Coons Lake, Indiana. Um, the first one to go was Rizzo, so I Man. knew it was coming all week, and I was getting ready for it and all that. Right, and we're just on a boat tubing, and I look to my phone, and I see Rizzo to the Yankees from Craig Rosenthal, whoever it was. And I just, it, it was nuts because I knew they were coming, but I never thought it was going to be Rizzo first. I thought everyone else was going to go. And then right, they that, one, that one hurt. 
Yeah, that's when you knew it was like, okay, this is this is legit. Like everything, everything's gone now. And yeah, I mean that one. Yeah, just hurt. And then this past off season, I was, <laughs> I mean, obviously KB and Baez and Kimbrel all happened after that. But then this off season, I was in in Disney World. I'm always on vacation when these tread deadlines happen, <laughs> and I was like. Just waiting for Ian Happ and Wilson Contreras to get traded. I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for it. I go into uh, this show called like it's like a Monsters Inc. show. It's like a comedy show, right? And I, the time the time was ticking, and I'm like, all right, what's going on? I turn my phone off. Wait till I get out of the show. The first notification I see is from Rosenthal, and he's like, looks like the Cubs and are sticking with Ian Happ and Wilson Contreras. <laughs> and all of a sudden, like even though we were like 20 games under, everyone was like all right, you know what? Maybe, maybe they're trying to do something. I don't know what they're trying to do, but I mean, go ahead Cubs. I don't know. So the first thing, yeah. The first thing I did after the Cubs didn't trade Contreras and Hap was I jumped on uh, Dom Frederick on Twitter. He had a, like a morale chat or whatever. And I jumped on and, you know, he gets, he says request if you want to speak or whatever. So it was right at the deadline. The Cubs didn't trade either of them. They were shocked. Everyone was shocked. (laughs) <laughs> and I jumped on and all I said was they better change the uh, dumb commercial they made for the Field of Dreams game. Because you remember they had the dumb commercial with Frank Schwindel and Patrick Wisdom oh, and yeah. David Ross. And it was the cheesiest thing ever. And I said they have a couple more A-list stars that they need to get a <laughs> get a couple clips out of so they can at least advertise this game being a little bit better than Frank Schwindel and <laughs> all those Wisdom. guys. Yeah. Could, and no offense I... to P. Wizzy. He, he truly has defined himself as a cub now i'd say patrick wisdom is the one guy who stuck around through that hodgepodge roster yeah i mean (laughs) it's so funny you bring that up because i just remember the advertisements would be like patrick wisdom and jason hayward (laughs) walking through the the cornfield and it was just like oh this is so depressing we're about to have the two easily worst teams the nl central well not easily but yeah it was just like especially after i mean they were yeah especially after what was a classic game the year before, like with the Yankees and White Sox, like that was like a top five game in the last 10 years. And then it's like, Oh, you're ready for next year. It's the rebuild. And they, they announced it right after like KB and Rizzo all got traded too. So it was like, Oh my God. That's what got me really like upset about that because that, that first field of the dreams game was so solid that they really, you know, it was the two like most hated teams in my mind, two of them at least. And it was such a good game. And they take two pretty likable teams in the Cubs and Reds and just atrocious rosters. Yeah. And it it was an okay game. The Cubs won, but it wasn't anything special. No. Yeah. It was... We've been all over the place this episode. We're going to have a lot more structure going forward, but we've been all over the place today, Ben. Just talking Cubs. That's all. That's all. That's exactly. All do. That's the goal. That's the goal of this going forward, right? Just talking Cubs, and we hope we can talk to some Cubs in some later episodes coming up. We've been in talks. I don't want to. We don't want to name drop because there's a couple guys who we've talked to the agents of. There's a couple of Instagram messages, but we hope that the format of these shows will oftentimes be about half an hour to 45 minutes. We'll spend about 20 minutes, half an hour, talking about cubs baseball and that week of cubs baseball what we can expect and stuff like that and then hopefully tag on an interview towards the end it, it would be very nice um you know build it they will come then they will come as uh we were just talking about the field of dreams um hopefully that ends up being the case but yeah. um well you know. i think we should 
we should at least we should we should at least uh, do a quick part here where we talk a little bit about the Cubs in, in 2023. We've been reminiscing a little too much. We should discuss what we've seen two games of the Cubs in 23 in spring training. And Ben, who was your favorite to watch in the first two spring training games, whether it be a free agent, a prospect, who impressed you? Um, I think what made me the most happy immediately was it was so nice seeing all the new guys in the white pinstripes. I did and the white and blue pinstripes that, that was awesome to see, but um, Trey Mancini came out of the gate pretty hot uh, two hits and his obviously there's so many little at bats going on right now. And, you know, you got to make sure players aren't getting hurt, but Trey Mancini had two hits and two at bats. And, you know, that was the one off season signing that just kind of blew my mind a little bit. Like, okay, the Cubs are actually trying to build something here. So seeing Mancini, who's probably our designated hitter this year, come through with two hits right away, that was pretty awesome. I think the guy who probably is upset that they signed Trey Mancini was my favorite to watch over the weekend in Matt Mervis. I think Mancini's a fantastic signing, and as you said, he brings a lot of veteran leadership, a great story, a champ last year. But I think the Cubs need to find a spot pretty early on for their or for their minor league player of the year last year in Matt Mervis. He plays really well. He he people people knock his hitting sometimes, but he's a he's a solid hitter, and he was he was showing it as all in at least the first game. And I saw he also got a couple hits in the in the second game. So, yeah, I think he's somebody who will come up before PCA. He might even beat Brennan Davis. But I am a little worried now that the Cubs brought in two veteran first basemen. But I say, at least in the case of Eric Cosmer, Matt Mervis deserves that spot. No, for sure. And we'll see how long this Eric Hosmer project ends up working out. I hope it works out for us because that's a good problem to have. But yeah, I want. it was tough seeing them sign Mancini and uh, Hosmer because I, I wanted to see Mervis as early as possible because he brings you... Yeah, he he makes the lineup so much more dynamic, and it's tough that they probably won't be starting the year with him. But I don't know. We'll we'll see what yeah. happens. But I don't know. What what are your thoughts on that? Who? Yeah. Well, who was the one Cub, in my opinion, who like might actually find his way to the opening day roster? Probably Matt Mervis, which is weird because, like you said, we signed two veteran first basemen, and I'm not complaining. They're both going to bring great stuff to this team. But ultimately, if I had to go between Davis, Crow Armstrong, or Mervis, who's going to be most likely to make the opening day roster? I don't think any of them, but probably Matt Mervis. No, yeah, hundred percent. And I think he's going to really show up. It will. It will be Matt Mervis if any of them get called up. PCA is still a little bit away. I mean, hopefully we're in contention by the end of this summer, and then they're calling his number. Cause that's the only situation where I think he even has a remote chance of coming up this year. And then Davis is super interesting because, you know, he, we thought he was going to be up next last year and then the injury bug just bit him. You know, he's kind of, there's, we still got to see some things. He's kind he might've lost the power a little bit, got to fix a swing a little bit, but I, I think if we're, if we're betting on any prospect to, make an impact immediately. It's 110% Matt Mervis. We talked about this after the Cubs convention. I wasn't a huge fan of how they had started to paint Brennan Davis as the picture of the old man of the farm leagues. Like he's somehow, yeah, he's, he hasn't been up yet. And that's, you know, maybe something that was unexpected, but 
that probably affects him too. You know, he it's, do you think he doesn't want to be on the Cubs yet? I think he's definitely good. His time will definitely come here if he can figure out health stuff. Cause I, I root for that guy and I hope the best for him because for years and years, even going back to the Madden years, they said, Brennan Davis, Brennan Davis, Brennan Davis. I mean, they, they described this guy to like, they were describing him to Chris Bryant. I mean, he yeah. had some pretty big shoes to fill when he made his up and up through the minor leagues. Instantly, it was like the Cubs have not had defensively and offensively a prospect as good as Brennan Davis since Chris Bryant. And now all of a sudden, everything's kind of shifting. It's like, it's like, oh, they have Pico Armstrong, they have Alcantara, they have Mervis. Oh, and by the way, Brennan Davis is still down there. So it's kind of right. I, I, I hope that he's up as soon as possible and he makes an impact. But, you know, they kind of got an outfield log jam out there now too so who really knows where he comes into play for this team because he he kind of has to come up this year at this point yeah it's kind of winter go home at that point with his situation so i don't know i i never hope for injuries but you know i was gonna say i think say suzuki not starting the year possibly will add to the brennan davis chances at least because suzuki could be hurt right now yeah, I mean, Davis replaced Saya in the lineup Saturday, and I can imagine that could be something that's going to happen throughout spring training. Is it enough for Saya to sit out the World Baseball Classic? I I think I think we might be getting to that territory because the Cubs are being really, really weird about Suzuki and his injury right now. I, we don't even know where it came, where, where it like started from or what. I don't know if he heard it in the weight room putting on 20 pounds of muscle or what, but I don't know. Yeah. You see what Morel said about he told Saya he wishes he can bulk up like him next year and Saya says something like he'll just get slow. I I hope Morel could jack up like Saya Suzuki does because that would, that would be even more we or more crucial for us. All right, let's wrap let's this up because we we said we're doing about fifteen minutes. We've been going for about twenty now. I'm sure it'll be a little bit less with some cuts. But who do you think is going to be the best? Cubs free agent signing of 2023 looking back after this year who do you think is going to make that much more of a difference so the obvious answer here is Dansby Swanson and I think he will I think he will end up being the most impactful Cub but I'm not going to say Dansby Swanson because that's too obvious I'm going to go with a guy that they just signed not surprisingly but they wanted to get another reliever I think Michael Fulmer is going to end up being really like crucial for us as soon as he gets into our pitch labs I think that slider is just going to keep sliding. <laughs> um, I I really like Michael Fulmer. And it's been this thing with the Cubs for the past, I don't know, three years now, where they bring in kind of an older reliever, even though Michael Fulmer had a pretty, has had a pretty good track record the last two. They bring in an older reliever, and they just reshape their career. I mean, look at what Andrew Chafin got the last two off seasons, Like, and he was he was falling off, and the Cubs signed him to a minor league deal. I think Boxberger and Fulmer are both going to be the same way. I think they're going to get right into the Cubs pitch labs. Tommy Hodvey is going to get them to work, and I think I think they're going to be. I think I'm. I obviously said Fulmer, but I think both of them are going to be huge for us this year. You think there's any way Fulmer tries to be a starter with this week Cubs starting staff? I don't think so. I think he's officially retired. That he had way too many injury problems and. Mm-hmm. You know, he he played he pitched out of the bullpen for the Tigers for a year and then he went to Minnesota and he was 
nothing but solid. He was an arm that they that both teams could rely on. I think he's a I think he's a reliever for the rest of the way. Yeah, I would agree with that. Although I think it would be nice if he could figure out starting again because we are going to be very very badly set up for starting pitching when the year starts if we can't figure something out there with Kyle Hendricks now starting the year on. I believe they're going to start him on the IL. I'm not sure which one yet. Um. Yeah. I mean, they they do have some depth though. They. I know it's not like the best options or like the sexiest options that you want to have, but like obviously Wesneski might is pro. I don't know if he's probably going to get the fifth spot, but after what Adrian Sampson did against the Giants the other day, he, he Wesneski's looking like he's the favorite to get that spot. So they got Wesneski, yeah. Sampson, and they still have Assad too, who I'm pretty sure is actually going right now. Or he went, yeah, 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 he's going right now. They got two games going on right now. So they got some depth there if they need it. Um, so we'll see what happens with Hendricks, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting, but you're right. There's there's depth. They're young, but if they if any of those ones can can start to make a name for themselves this season, it could get really interesting. I am gonna not gonna go with who I think will be the best player this year. I just want to talk about a free agent signing I'm happy about in Cody Bellinger because watching the game on Saturday, there's just so much about Cody Bellinger that reminds me of Chris Bryant in every way. I mean, he plays everywhere. He had that incredible start to his career. And then just has seen a steady decline since then and is trying to figure it out a new situation. And Cody likes a lot of the coaches here with the Cubs. That's part of the reason he came here. He, I I have a feeling he will hopefully figure it out whether or not he's a Cub past 2023. That's a different story because if he figures it out, chances are we won't re-sign him. But I think for at least this year, this is a situation for him to be, to finally figure it out. No, a hundred percent. And you bring up a, a, a great point there. If Bellinger ends up returning to half of his form this season, I think we're probably in contention for at least a wild card spot throughout. He just makes that much of a difference. And yes. that's why that's why the signing was so huge. I mean, I know like people like laugh like, oh, yeah, Cody Bellinger, like he strikes out, he's batting 200, whatever. But you in baseball, you can flip like this just that easy. And obviously we had already seen it with Bellinger. He was an MVP. And then the next year, just like that done. Yeah. He can instantly make a huge impact for the Cubs. Just if he returns to half of his form. And if we lose him next year, so what we, we returned him back to form and. Yeah. And hopefully he had a year to show for it. Hopefully, like you said, get to that wild card spot. You look at the starting nine for the Cubs. I think their best lineup is some kind of iteration of what we saw Saturday there's no real easy out in that lineup. If they can get that starting pitching together, this is a team that could be pretty solid. Yeah, across across the board, just compared, looking at the lineup, just compared to what it has been the last couple of years, it just feels so much better. Like Frank Schwindel, like, you know, he had a great two-month run that earned him a starting first baseman job. But Two-time like, NL player of the month. Yeah, I, I don't... The fact that I don't have to see Frank Schwindel, Rafael Ortega, <laughs> and either of the Romine brothers in my lineup anymore makes me so happy. Man, I, it's just funny to think back, and we're gonna end this show just as we started. It's funny to think back at that team because it wasn't it, that wasn't the rebuild. That was just people to put on the field for the end of that season. But we had fun doing it. Yeah. And now, hopefully, we're moving on to the next into what Jed Hoyer would call the next great Cubs team. And our next great episode is gonna come at you next week. We hope to have an interview for you guys that time but in the meantime we will say good night from there and next week hopefully we can preview cubs versus team canada do you see something about that really 
Yeah, it's going to be – I only saw one thing about that during the end of the marquee broadcast the other day. It was the Cubs are, like, doing a, like, exhibition scrimmage in Arizona against Freddie Freeman and Team Canada. <laughs> oh, and yeah. Owen Casey is on that yeah. team, too. Uh-huh. He's a Cubs. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, okay. it's, that's great. I don't know where he's going to go. I don't know if he's going to play for Canada. I mean, I would assume he'll play for Canada. Yeah, yeah. That's I, great. I, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, we'll see. I guess. Well, I mean, they're there to practice as a team ahead of the World Baseball Classic, so I, I don't know why you wouldn't play with Canada in that situation, which is kind of funny. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. see. It's going to be Go good, good old-fashioned baseball because it's going to be no pitch clock in that one too because it's the it's World Baseball Classic rules, so it's that's going to be a game. Hopefully it's on marquee. Did they say it's on marquee? I think they did it. I think they said it's going to be on TV, which is going to be cool. Maybe we'll do. Maybe we'll make that our – we talked about maybe doing like breaking news, like throw your headset on and make a new podcast. Like that. Maybe that is one. Live stream during – on Twitter, maybe during – Cubs versus Canada? Might have to. Maybe. All right. Thanks for listening to this edition of the 120 podcast. I'm Mikey Frenelli for Ben Hootie. Thanks for listening. Go Cubs, go.